everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We want to invite you to learn more about the heart and vision of City of Lights. So check out our website at cityoflights.church and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at City Lights Indie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy today's message. morning uh, we have a special treat one of my uh, one of the great things uh, about this journey of birthing city of lights is that I believe that God births things out of family even man and woman he created not just out of nothing it was making man and woman in his image and we know that God is a triune God Father Son Holy Spirit and God had a conversation and said let us make man in our image and out of perfect fellowship and community he birthed the community and so I knew and I believe that in that same way that City of Lights this young growing and uh, amazingly beautiful community God is building would be birthed out of relationship one of those relationships has been very near and dear to me throughout the years a dear friend who's going to come and preach this morning his name is Pastor Adam Mabry Um, just to give you a little quick snapshot of Pastor Adam. When we first met each other and interacted with with each other, we were more leaning into our musical uh, giftings and leading worship, and he was hosting me as I was visiting a church in Tallahassee that I would eventually go and and be on staff with, and um, God just began building this relationship, and through the years, we've walked through many different seasons of life, through them going and planting churches over in Europe, uh, us going and moving into North Carolina, into Florida, standing with us when our daughter had passed away several years back and coming and walking with us and and even speaking life and sowing into this work here at City of Lights. He's the pastor of Aletheia Church in Boston. Uh, In the Cambridge area, they have multiple locations. And uh, more than a church planter and a pastor, guest speaker, he really has been my friend. He is on the board of City of Lights, and would you please join me in welcoming my good friend, Adam Avery. Come on, y'all. We can do better than that. Come on. Show him some love. There we go. Thank you, John. Good morning. I'm going to have to hide adjust this. You can laugh. It's okay. I'm aware. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be with you guys this morning. Um, the danger of this moment, of course, is that I got to follow those kids, and they were awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, just it's all downhill from here. But that's okay. We're in it together. Um, <laughs> um, if you have a Bible, you may open it um, to uh, the book of Luke. Um, thanks, brother. This is awesome. Does he normally stand up here and play? He will go when you want to. Man. This is great. I don't have nearly this committed musicians, John. I'm going to come and consult. Thank you. How about, like, for the band? This is amazing. You guys are... <laughs> one of the things... So one of the things that I do, uh, in addition to pastoring my church, is that I, uh, we help new churches get started, and I've, uh, I help coach a lot of our church planters within our movement of churches. And uh, I just want to come, and before we crack open the Bible, um, and let you know that uh, what God has done here with you all is remarkable, it's unusual, and it's really awesome to behold. Um, statistically, most churches that are, are planted will never grow past this big. Statistically. 
And so the fact that in a really short amount of time, not only has your church grown, um, but you're making a meaningful impact in your community, that you're seeing people who don't know Jesus yet uh, get introduced to Jesus, and that God is working in your community in the way that I know that he is because I talked to your pastor, um, it's really encouraging. It's easy sometimes to just roll up to church, and I get it because I have kids, and there's nothing less holy in my week than trying to get us all to church, right? And so, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't show up filled with as much faith as I should. It's easy sometimes to just go to church and not realize the cosmic significance of the thing into which you are stepping. But you're sitting in a miracle, and it's really, really, really uh, encouraging for me to behold it. And then, um, side note, you have cooler lights than me and we also meet in a gym, so I've taken notes on that too. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, it's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, I wanna introduce my family to you. At some point, I'll bring them here, but as you're about to see, there's a bunch of them. Um, do we have that picture up there? Hmm, maybe? Ah, yes, I have a growing collection of humans. Um, and uh, it's actually not growing. We're done collecting. Um, <laughs> in Jesus' name. Um, but uh, the first one I caught is that one on the top right. She's my wife. Um, and, uh, and together we made some people. That's um, Hope and I met when I was 15, y'all. 15. We, and we're not Mormon. I just met her when I was 15. Okay. Sorry. Too soon. Too close. Um, uh, anyway. Um, <clears throat> so... So yeah, I saw her in math class, and I was like, you're amazing. And she was like, you're weird. And, uh, but I was persistent. And so um, there you go. I did open the door on our first date, even though she drove, because I was too young. Is that lame? I don't know. Um, uh, we, we have four kids. Um, Alana, on the bottom left, is now almost 14 years old. Um, yeah. Um, uh, then she's amazing. She's my clone, but in a, like a cute girl body, so that's cool. She plays the violin. She's um, super smart. Her sister, Nora, is, uh, just got promoted to her uh, red belt in Taekwondo. She's my sports kid who also plays the piano like her mom. Uh, Cole on the bottom right, is uh, he just turned nine. He is my warrior poet. He uh, is all into the sports that I'm terrible at, so the sports. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and, uh, but you mean one, in, in one instance, he's, he's wanting me to play a game with him, and in another instance, he's reading a poem that he wrote to me. It's really cool. And Wyatt, I think, works for Al-Qaeda um, <laughs> in a new program they're running to slowly destroy the houses of Christian pastors. Uh, <laughs> Wyatt just turned six, and he's got more energy um, than uh, the surface of the sun. So that's cool. Um, and this is my family, and they're great, and I miss them. And they bid you hello, um, as does my whole, uh, my whole church family, because we're, um, we're part of the same family, every nation, and it's really, really cool to be in it together with you. Uh, you're in the middle of a teaching series called, um, uh, oh, now I just forgot what it was called, The Light Has Come, uh, which is the, a great way to reflect on what goes on at Christmas time. And so uh, if you have a Bible, we're going to be reading uh, one verse out of the Gospel of John and then a good bit out of the Gospel of Luke. We're going to read and then I'll pray and God is going to speak to us through his word. First John 1.14 says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That little sentence, the word became flesh. You should circle that. 
And then Luke will read most of chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because um, he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Well, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord, church family. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you love this people, that you love the leaders of this church. You love this city. But Lord, we just confess that it's easy for us to come to church and go through the motions. It's easy for us to come to church and not feel uh, the significance of the moment. And it's frankly easy, God, to skate through Christmas time, not dealing with the awesome wonder that the light has in fact come. So Lord, would you soften our hearts and open our ears and give us eyes to see how everything can change because of the gift that you've given pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I don't know if any of you have uh, stories of gifts around Christmas time. I love giving gifts, but every now and again, I have both given and received gifts. It didn't go the way I'd hoped, right? You ever, you ever done this? There was one particular year where I thought I was being very thoughtful, which now, even as I tell the story, I'm embarrassed at. So let me tell it. My wife, at some point, had developed, like, this, like, aggressive eczema on her hands. And so for Christmas, I researched, like, this really, really great treatment for her hands, and I gave it to her for, for Christmas. I know. It didn't occur to me at the time. <laughs> but she unwrapped it, and it was, she did as best that she could. My wife, I mean, we're both really bad liars. Um, and she kind of went, Oh! <laughs> 
And I kind of realized at that moment, I went, oh, man, uh, this isn't going the way that I went, right? That I'd hoped. I, I'd, I'd not given a gift that, that I'd, I'd hoped would make the impact um, that, that, I, that I wanted. I've also received those kinds of gifts, right? Everybody's received the poorly wrapped, you know, halfway open pack of Hanes socks from their dad who forgot on the way home. Nope, that's just my broken childhood. Okay, cool. Well, um, we can all have healing together. Like, haven't you received a gift where you've had that reaction? You've been like, huh. Thank you. Apparently, you thought I needed that. (laughs) You know? Here's what I want you to see. When it comes to the way that God gives us gifts, that's never the case. When God gives His gifts, it's never the case that we don't need them, it's never the case that they aren't important, and it's never the case that they don't accomplish everything for which God gave them. When God gives, when God gives, my friends, absolutely everything can change. When God gives, absolutely everything can change. And by everything, I literally mean everything. Because right now, even as you come to church this morning, I'm sure there are things in your life, whether you are 100 years old in Jesus and you glow in the dark, or you're just checking out Christianity this morning for the first time in a really long time, there are probably some things you're thinking about that are going, "Eh, well, that can't change. That can't change because things like don't change. And you, you auto-populate in the tab of your mind the things that don't change. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure that God can do those things out there, but this thing, this thing with my body, this thing with my money, this thing with my children, this thing with my job, this thing with my spouse, this thing with my... I don't, I don't think God can change that. And... and Listen, psychologically, there's a good reason you do that. That's a defense mechanism because it hurts to have hopes that aren't met. Even the Bible says hope deferred or hope unmet makes the heart sick. And so some of us have gotten so used to having our hopes not met and our desires not attained that when it comes to hoping in Jesus that God can actually change or alleviate or work a miracle, we're like, meh, best not to get too excited about that. And I'm here to tell you this morning that when God gives, everything, everything can change. Everything can change. And I want to show you how from this Christmas story, things that even you and I don't expect to change can change. So let's dive into this text. Now, I read John 1.14 for you because there, there are two things going on in the Incarnation, okay? So we're reading the story of the Incarnation, which comes from two, uh, two uh, Latin words, which means flesh and in, okay? So God has in, enfleshed himself. God, eternal God, who exists as one uh, essence but three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God the Son has stepped into humanity and has at this point wrapped himself in flesh, He didn't become less God. God didn't, you know, go like diet divinity, right? And sort of put himself, that's not what happened. He's still fully God and yet has added to his nature this thing called humanity. And he's done it in a way that is utterly surprising. And so John, in his Christmas story, says things like the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John gives us a view of what's going on at the Christmas time from heaven down. And then Luke tells us what's going on at Christmas time from earth up. This is a good couple of texts to read together. So the word is becoming flesh, but as the word is becoming flesh down here on earth, that, that changes a whole bunch of stuff. 
And so we read here that God, who is in sovereign control of all of human history and sets rulers where they should be and turns their hearts exactly where he wants them to go, has brought about events such that this guy named Quirinius calls a census. And Mary and Joseph are on their way back to Bethlehem, which ironically means the house of God. So, they're going there, and very briefly in Luke's gospel, they just simply say, well, there was no room in the inn, and Mary gives birth um, in this stable and, and lays Jesus, the Son of God, in a manger, in a feeding trough for animals, and wraps him in not even like a nice baby onesie, not like a nice blanket that, nope, nope, just swaddling cloths, linens. And then, something totally surprising God sends an angel, a a divine being sent from the courts of heaven to talk to not the governor and not the lords and ladies of the particular, you know, not the highfalutin, not the rich, just normal folk, shepherds out in their field doing shepherd stuff, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appears to them and the glory of the Lord is all around them and they are filled with fear. Now, just so you know, if an angel appears... That is the appropriate response. All right, so I know that you and I are conditioned from like a thousand years of Western art to think like angels are beautiful, fat, naked angel babies that are like, the glory of the Lord, the brand new bed. Like, no. Or they're these like beautiful creatures with wings. Fun fact, the Bible never says anywhere that an angel is a human with wings. The Bible uses, especially in the Old Testament, words like flaming ones or terrifying ones to describe angels. And that was what they understood of angels. And so they saw an angel and they went, oh, you know, and hit, I mean, they hit the ground. They were filled with fear. And the angel says, don't be afraid. And he begins to tell them the story that Jesus Christ, that God the Son, the Word has become flesh, and you'll find him wrapped in dirty linens lying in an animal's feeding trough. And they're like, this is blowing our minds. My friends, when God gives, everything can change. And one of the first things that changes is your self-understanding. When you see the fact that God has given God to humans, your understanding of yourself can totally change and change in the right way. So when, when if I were uh, much taller and had like shinier white teeth and this weren't church, but like a motivational seminar, I would tell you things like your self-understanding can change through positive confession or if you get your resume in order or if you start taking responsibility or if you lose 20 pounds or whatever, like if you do some things for yourself, your self-understanding can change. And here's the deal. That's true-ish. Yeah. It's like, true, it's like, it's like a candy-coated lie. Goes down easy, upsets your stomach later. Like, like, it is true. Your self-understanding will change if you improve yourself in some measurable way. But here's the dirty little secret. In like 30, 40 years, those abs, they'll be a memory. <laughs> and that cool hairdo, your hair will have gone to heaven to prepare a place for you. <laughs> right? And, uh... One of my favorite Old Testament verses is, if he is bald, he is clean. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Those things are true. You can improve yourself slightly, and you will perceive yourself differently. But if you really want to understand the significance of what humanity is, and your significance, whether you are a shepherd 
or a plumber, whether you're a mom or a dad, whether you're an attorney, whether you're in the top tax bracket or you are not in a tax bracket that you are currently aware of, it's this. God's gift to humanity in sending Jesus Christ immediately loads humanity with cosmic significance. It demonstrates for us that we have value to our Father, not because we are rich or poor or black or white or young or old or handsome, or not, like, but not on the basis of any of that, but because God has endowed us with value. We bear his image so much that the image of the invisible God puts on flesh to come and redeem us. When you receive that gift, when God gives that gift, your understanding of who you are will, can, should change. So here we go. Mary, she's like a 14-year-old girl, good church girl, seems to have great character. We don't know what she looks like. We don't know how educated, like we just, she's a good girl. But when God gave to her, her self-understanding changed. We know because in a previous chapter, she says something, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his servant with with grace, and he has brought down the mighty, and and her whole understanding of what it means to be a human, what it means to be a woman, what it means to love God, shifts. When you receive God's gift in Jesus, your self-understanding will change. These shepherds, they, some sermons have been preached, and probably you've heard that the shepherds were like the lowest and most ignored. They weren't, they weren't, They, they were not bad people, but they were not great people. They're just normal folk. That should be profoundly, profoundly encouraging to you. Because despite the fact that most of us are like, I'm going to live an amazing life and, you know, they're going to do all these great things. Fact of the matter is, like, your grandkids, when you're gone, their kids aren't going to remember your name. And you're like, oh, that offends me. Well, it's my gift. <laughs> but God will. God will. God has regard for normal guys and gals. So much so that he announces the apex of his plan to save the world to normal people. And so when you receive God's gift of Jesus, you in your normalcy, you in your your daily grind, you in your everyday, ordinary, diaper-changing, work-going-to, studying, tax-paying, whatever the thing it is that you do that you're like, ugh, So tired of doing this, is suddenly loaded with significance because God sent Jesus to walk in normalcy just like you. So when God gives, your self-understanding can change. The second thing that can change that I believe Luke wants us to see out of this text is that when God gives, your hopes and your heroes change. Now listen to this. It says, The angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord, and will be assigned to you. He tells them the whole deal. And then, suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Now, you've heard that text so many times, and most of you are like, yeah, man. If you're like me, I have a degree in vocal performance, which is... Um, useful for decorating my wall, and, um, and useful for the fact that I've sang Handel's Messiah more times than I have fingers on my hands. And so when I hear this text, I hear this part of anybody else, a choir nerd who sing Handel, one, two, three, okay, good, the Lord loves us extra. Um, 
Like, you can hear this text so often that you're like, oh, yeah, this is a normal thing. A multitude of the heavenly host. I worked in restaurants growing up, and um, so when I think host, I think of, like, the nice dude or, or lady who, like, takes your name and makes you wait. A more accurate translation of this is all of heaven's armies. It's not heavenly hosts. Like, oh, welcome to heaven. How many? Like, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Would you like a booth or a tape? Like, no. We're talking God's armies. God's armies fill the skies and do something armies don't do. They announce peace. Peace. Peace on earth and goodwill. Not to all men. That's actually a bad translation of a really late text. It's goodwill to those upon whom God's favor rests. Peace and goodwill to those upon whom God's favor, God's grace rests. When you receive God's gift and when God gives it, not only does your significance change and can your significance change, but your hopes and your heroes change because suddenly now you realize that the way the world changes isn't through bigger armies fighting bigger battles, isn't through you and I getting richer, isn't through making America greater again or being with her or whatever it is your political leanings happen to push you toward. It's by bowing the knee to a king who was born in a manger and by laying down your life so that others might have life and by hearing the words peace from the most fierce fighting force in the cosmos. When God gives that, guys, everything changes. Some of you right now are nervously shifting in your seat going, well, does that mean my understanding of like violence and politics and self-defense and money has to change? Oh, 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 yeah. (laughs) I preached on money last week in my church and someone came up to me and said, you know, I don't this is why I don't like going to church, Pastor, because you just want my money. And I was like, oh, gosh. Did you think I only wanted your money? <laughs> no, I want everything. <laughs> I want everything. I want your time. I want your body. I want your politics. I want your loves. I want your family. I want your house. I want your cars. I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. Not for me, not for Adam, not for my church, but because when God gives, how you understand Your heroes and how you understand your hopes change. Suddenly, I'm not hoping in my nation fully. I'm not hoping in my people who look like me fully or vote like me fully or live near me fully. Now I'm hoping in God fully. And my hero goes from being a mighty strong man in this world to an infant who came from another world. Your heroes begin to shift and change. When God gives, my friends, everything can change. Everything, how you perceive yourself can change. And who you look up to and who you want to emulate can change. And finally, your relationship with God, your actual connection to reality can change. So the the angels announce, listen, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. In another gospel, they're told, the parents of Jesus are told to name him Jesus, which in Hebrew is Yeshua. It means God saves. A Savior who is Christ 
the Lord. These words are so loaded with biblical significance that, again, our familiarity with them just denudes our minds being blown away by them every time we read them. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, one who will rescue you from your sins. Do you know? I mean, just imagine if you have any connection to the feeling of being put down, held back, oppressed. Now multiply it by an infinite amount because you've never lived under four empires for four, no, seven centuries owning and oppressing your family, your land, and your people. I'm, we've not, that's not something that's happened in recent history. But this people, the Jewish people, God's people, had been the wholly owned subsidiary of now four foreign empires. Rome being the most recent. They've had their infants killed. They've had their money taken. They've had their worship messed up. They've had their kings hauled off. They've had their culture destroyed. And you're telling me that someone's come to save me? And not only was God going to save them in like all those ways that they expected, but save me from my sin, save me from my bitterness, save me from my hatred of my enemy and the ones who've done that to me? Are you kidding me? Who is Christ? Christ is not Jesus' last name. Jesus Howard Christ. That's not going, that's not, I don't know why Howard got in there. Um, Christ, Christ is a Greek word for a Hebrew word, Messiah, Mashiach. It means anointed king. It, the one hoped for in half of the Old Testament. The one who would deliver the people. The one who would be like David, but better. The one who would be like Moses, but holier. The one who would be like the prophets, but with a clear ear to the Lord. That guy is also the Savior, and he is the Lord? Whoa. You're telling me that the Lord is my Savior and my King, and he's been born? If you receive that gift, if you really see that Christmas is not about God giving humanity like nice peace and goodwill so that we can, you know, give gifts at Christmas time and be filled with cheer, if you'll differentiate from that a little bit and realize that Christmas is one of the most cosmically significant events ever to have happened since let there be and it is finished. And if you receive that gift and, and actually allow the craziness of that gift to come and invade your life, you will understand yourself differently. You will look at yourself differently in the mirror, not going, man, I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like me, but my God loves me. And at your lowest low, when you feel like garbage and you know you should, God still loves you. And it's your highest high when things are amazing and the checks are coming in and your hair, if you have, it's looking great. And your spouse is like, you fine. Like all that. You realize there's still one greater. If you receive this gift and allow Jesus to be invading your life, the word to be made flesh in your life, in your heart, in your mind. Friends, everything can change. Everything can change. I began by asking you a question. Have you ever give, given a gift that, you, uh, that didn't quite have the effect you'd hoped and, and received a gift that maybe didn't quite have the uh, effect that the giver had hoped? And we all have. 
because we're not perfect givers. And sometimes we can be careless in the way we receive. But this gift is different, my friends. I've said it over and over again now. When God gives, everything can change. But can is a conditional verb. Can means it, it could not change. And so this is really where the rubber meets the road for you. You can walk out of here and go, wow, that kids program was amazing. And that church is awesome. And the guy who preached is stunningly handsome. And you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> and still nothing will change. Everything can change if you receive by faith the gift of Jesus. So for those of you who are followers of Christ, what that means is maybe repenting of just kind of going through the motions this, this Christmas season. Repenting of being too caught up on your Amazon wish list than you are in like the scriptures. Repent of being too caught up in like the, the going through the cultural motions of Christianity without letting your heart be utterly devastated and resurrected by the coming of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is a moment to go, God, would you just re-expand my imagination and retune my heart to receive again the good news that Jesus Christ has been born for me. Maybe that's something that you need to do as a follower of Jesus today. It's okay. Martin Luther says the Christian life begins, is sustained with, and ends with repentance. And for some of you, you're here and you're checking out Christianity. And someone invited you because their kid just sang. You didn't, you didn't sign up for all this. Well, that's all right. In the words of the great prophet Shifu from Kung Fu Panda, there are no accidents. God's brought you here to present to you this amazing gift. This amazing gift that God has given not money, not riches, not even eternal life, but he's given himself to humans. That humans might receive God. Might receive salvation. Might receive the kingship of Jesus so that they can be in relationship with the Lord, might receive a new understanding of their significance, might receive a new understanding of how the world is meant to work, but it all starts by receiving Jesus. And so my simple question for some of you today is, have you actually received him? Have you trusted in him? Some of you are like, I don't understand what faith means. Yes, you do, because you trust all kinds of people. The word faith is just a Bible word for trust. You trust that that chair can hold you up right now. You trust that your car is going to start when you leave. I'm just asking you to trust someone who's proved their trustworthiness more. To trust Jesus and to receive by faith the amazing gift of new life in him. When God gives, everything can change. And my prayer is this morning, for you everything will change. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together. Lord, I'm asking that in this moment you would... Um, help my friends who are followers of Jesus in the room to be stunned once again at the greatness of Jesus. That this light has come, this gift has come, and everything can change. And Lord, for my friends in here who aren't yet followers of Jesus, I'm asking you, God, to, do, to stir something up in them. And Father, that uh, today would be the day 
God, that they would receive the good news of Jesus. I, I want to ask you to do something. I didn't tell Pastor John that I'd be doing this, but just while we're praying, if some of you are sitting here saying, you know what, I've never received or trusted Jesus like that, and I want to. I've never received new significance. I've never received that kind of relationship with God, and I want to. Would you just put your hand up? I just want to pray for you. I'm not trying to make you, manipulate you or do a weird moment with you. I just want to believe God with you and pray for you. You're saying, I've never trusted him like that, but I, and I want to. Father, you know these hearts, you know these men and women, and I'm asking you, God, for new life to break forth as the light has come and the gift of Jesus is being received. Would you renovate hearts and change lives for the glory of your Son? Amen. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, you can find us online at cityoflights.church and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.